right, Sean, let's, let's go ahead and tie up our capes. I got that aerodynamics with our capes. What do you say about calls? That was a close call. Glad we figured it out, though. We're going to be talking about capes, cows, and close calls. Capes, cows, and close calls. That's the one we got. That's it. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Capes, Cows, and Close Calls. My name is Nick. With me always is my co-host, Sean the Irishman Keen. What is up, everybody? It's been a little while, Sean. It's been, been a minute. A, it's been a minute. We had a bit of a break there. Uh, we're going to try to cut down on those breaks, though. We're going to try to keep this more consistent, yes. more on a weekly basis. Uh, Consistency but is key. It is key. You know, summer gets busy. I moved. That's true. You did have a lot My going on. My girlfriend went back to school. I had a lot going on. More of the story, there. this is all Sean's fault, but that's okay because we're back. I'll take the blame. We're better than ever. We're going to try to get this ball rolling again and uh, look forward to hearing from us a lot more. We're, we're hoping to get some new guests and, and, and really, really keep this ball rolling. So for this episode, we got two things. Well, we're going to be talking about two things, but before we get to that, we had a, a bit of a breaking news happen um, yesterday. Yeah. So I thought, you know, you we, know, we were just waiting for this it. news. This is all, that's why we're on break. We had no good news going yeah. on. And- Admittedly so, there it, it is fairly scarce right now in terms of uh, comic, comic book uh, superhero media. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, after we had Endgame, which was... Highest grossing movie of all time now. Crazy. And then we had Spider-Man, Far From Home, which made a billion dollars. Crazy. First Spider-Man movie to ever make a billion dollars, which is crazy considering that he is like the third most popular comic book character in the world after uh, Batman and Superman or Superman and Batman. I don't know the exact order, but I'm pretty sure that Spider-Man is like the third most popular comic book character in the world after those two. So, the fact that this is the first movie to crack a, a billion dollars is, is it's a big deal, man. And it's yeah. not only that, but it is Sony's highest grossing film of all time. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, for the MCU, they're kind of like, this is like, what, number six or seven, you know? <laughs> like, ah, this is nothing at this point. We do a bill all the Sony's time. Sony's all over there. Like, we did it. Yeah. Like, Where's don't the even champagne? worry we did about it. it. We do this all the time, you amateurs. But yeah, so and um seems like that's caused the you see this perfect segue I just did? Seems like that's <laughs> caused a bit of a a bit of controversy, a bit of a tiff. Yeah, a bit of a tear between uh Sony and the MCU, Marvel Disney. So there was a port that came out uh from Deadline, I believe is the source, the original source saying that the contract between Sony and the MCU to share the rights to Spider-Man will be no more. Apparently, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, we got to go work. We gotta really got to get some sound effects. Yeah, I know, right? I'll keep making it just with my voice, though. I, I like that better, though, actually. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> Apparently, so the rumor goes, and I mean, I don't know if this is 100% confirmed, but... So it, it seems like what the original contract had put in place in, in you know layman's terms to put it simply is that Marvel the Disney Marvel would not 
they didn't own the rights to Spider-Man. Like Sony didn't completely sign right. Spider-Man. We've explained back over. this before. Yeah. They just were basically going to share them. The films still were going to be distributed by Sony Pictures, which meant that Sony was still going to collect. And this part I, I don't think I knew before, but apparently the contract, the terms of the contract was that any solo Spider-Man film, Sony would collect 100% of the revenue from that said yeah, but film. Those movies were still made by Sony. Correct. Yeah. So that makes sense. It does. And that anything that was uh, Spider-Man in an ensemble film, like Civil War, in, uh, Infinity War, Endgame, they didn't touch any of that. Like, they didn't get none of that. So the fact that Endgame was the highest grossing movie of all time and that Spider-Man was in it didn't mean anything to Sony. It was that Far From Home made a billion dollars, so they got all that. Seems like Marvel was like, look, you know, let's be real here. I got to imagine this is how this conversation went. Let's be real here, Sony. This movie only made a billion dollars because we produced this shit. Like, look at your Spider-Man track record and look at our Spider-Man track record. You guys have had... You're saying Disney's thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You they, just said Sony. Yeah, yeah, No, I'm saying that's what they probably said to Sony. To Sony. Like, look at here, Sony. They've made... Should I pretend to be Sony? You should pretend to be Disney? Sure, we could just go like, for it. Role play this conversation. Look, you've made five Spider-Man films already. And let's be honest... It's not a very good track record. We've made two, and the hey, second hey, one made a hey. billion dollars. And the now you're telling me. The first two Spider Man movies really started the whole Marvel tone. Yeah, whatever. But they Don't didn't you whatever complete mean? it. I allowed you to use my character. They didn't complete it, though. Look at, look at where we are now. Spider Man has just made a billion dollars. And look, all we're saying is that that's cool. It's great. It's a win for both of us. But tell you what, in this whole little contract we got going on, we don't get any of that money. I don't know if we want to continue going down that road. I I think we deserve a bit of that money. So the rumor goes that. So you sure it's not like Sony being over here like, you know what? Shouldn't I get some of that end game money? I don't know. It could be. Like I said, the 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 reportedly it went Marvel was just like, hey, we want to renegotiate the terms of this contract. We want 50% of the revenue that you gross from Spider-Man films. And then we just continue to share the, we just continue to share the rights or whatever. And Sony was just like, nah, mm-mm, nope. We got 50%? this. 50%? Yeah. Like, what? No, sir. Being uh, a little greedy, don't you think over there yeah, with 50%? Well, I guess so, man. You want half a billion dollars from us? <laughs> That's what they said. We and just bought the champagne. We can't return the champagne. <laughs> And Sony was just like, nah, we're not having that. How did Venom do? It did pretty all right. Hey, we want a fucking Oscar on that animated one, though. We we got this. So, yeah. So, they're like, no, we're not going to renegotiate this contract. So, so I, what do you think I, the future I, uh, of Spider-Man is going to look like then? Like shit? Because, okay, like shit. here's the thing. Where are they going to fucking go with this? You know what I mean? Like, I get it. You got Venom. So fucking what? Like... But they still have Spider-Man. They do still have Spider-Man. But at this point, where could they take this iteration of Spider-Man? This has undoubtedly been the most popular iteration of Spider-Man thus far, right? Right. You know what, though? I will make this argument. They could probably finally make a movie of Spider-Man that's not so based on Iron Man. Like, we could probably finally get a villain that's not an iron man's fault 
Because, like, in the comic book, Iron Man's not this big of an influence no, on Spider-Man. Yeah, absolutely And not. I would be... I think I'd appreciate the third movie kind of finally getting... I mean, Iron Man's dead now. Like, let's get away from that. And I think the, I think in the next movie, they were... I think the way Far From Home ended, they were opening it up to transition away from that, which is fine. I think they were trying to make him the new Iron Man, though. Yeah, they I mean, kind of. He he's Spider-Man. He doesn't need to be Iron Man. Yeah, I he don't know He needs to be Spider-Man. Was, he needs to be the third most popular superhero in the world. The, I mean, the, okay, not literally the next Iron Man, and more so figuratively, right? Like, right. just in the terms of, like, hey, you just have to, you got to step up, man. You know, like, you can't just be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man anymore, you know, stopping bike robbers and helping old ladies with directions like you got to do more like you have to you're gonna have to step up there's a void now in terms of superheroes in new york city and like you're gonna have to do more than what you've been doing before so like you're gonna have to stop being a teenager it can't be about fucking trying to get mj anymore like you need to be a real real hero and I think that's more so where they were going with that versus just being like, oh, yeah, we're going to make you Iron Man. Now, do you like that, how they ingrained Spider-Man into like Iron Man? Because, I mean, the way they the way they kind of gave it the backstory, I liked it because, you know, they, they did that retcon where it was like Spider-Man was that kid in Iron Man 2. Yeah, Iron Man 2, yes. who had the Iron Man mask on, who was going to fight that robot. And then Iron Man swooped in and saved him, and he was all good. And obviously, this was before he became Spider-Man, before he got his powers. But he was already set on a path to, A, idolize Iron Man, and B, want to be the hero that he believed Iron Man to be. So then when he got his powers, it was kind of like, I can't just sit back and not do anything. You know what I mean? And we didn't, we didn't have that traditional, like, we great see Uncle Ben's death with great powers come great responsibility. He he what did what did he say in Civil War? He's like, you know, when you can do what I can do and then the bad things happen. Or when you can do what I can do and then you don't do it and then the bad things happen, they happen because of you. So essentially he sees it as like I have this power. I do have the responsibility to do something because I have this power. So they still said it in the same way, but yeah. it seemed more so his inspiration was drawn from the fact of seeing these heroes like Iron Man, who was just a normal guy in a suit. And it makes sense that Iron Man would be the one he idolized versus Captain America or Thor or the Hulk. You know what I mean? Like, the Hulk is, for the most part, people just saw him as a monster. Thor is a god. Like, you can't you can't inspire to be that. Captain America was like a man out of time. So it's like, as a teenager, he might not be seen as the coolest person you know what i mean but right here you got iron man tony stark this billionaire playboy philanthropist genius who became a hero on his own merits no serum no asgardian powers no fancy hammer no accidental experiments like he created himself so i like that they did it that way we just got yeah. we just got really deep into that and that, he did it was crazy um so I, I like that they did it, but yeah, I mean, I don't. Uh, I'm I, still saying that they could, they could do it. They could do a movie, and I wouldn't say like take it out of the universe. Just don't reference anything else in the universe, and it would be fine. You don't a hundred percent need to have happy, 
showing up in the plane to save the day for Spider-Man. Like yeah, he I could mean, just be Spider-Man with MJ and all the other characters and it not have anything to do with the other characters in the MCU. No. I think the biggest disappointing thing is the is if we don't get to see Spider-Man in another Avengers movie. Yeah. That, that would be so. my biggest disappointment from it. But I could definitely deal with another movie uh, and it have nothing to do with like any of the other Avengers cuz Spider-Man can stand on his own. Now that's not to say that cuz we were talking about before that we're in this weird point where like it's it's weird to have one character stand alone movies that they should keep mix and matching and yeah. now they can't do it but I mean and if I, any character could I think what Sony's goal is, and I think their vision and why they believe that they can pull this off, is they still, I I think they're still holding on to this idea of a Sinister Six movie. You know what I mean? Like, I think they're going to go into the Spider-Verse. They're going to get the two first actors to play Spider-Man because everybody kept talking about it. They might. I don't think they have the brass to pull that off, though. You know what I mean? Like, isn't like uh andrew garfield's still on contract like he's still supposed to have one more movie i don't know maybe i'm pretty sure he is that's, like he was signed crazy. for three movies that'd and he only got crazy two crazy if they were just like yeah which i mean like and i mean or would, would toby mcguire was supposed to get a fourth movie that i would be so excited i don't know if i'd be that excited because then i just feel like i'm just watching the animated one all over again and it's like but how much cooler like would that movie be with the fact that these are actually two other people we saw play spider-man it would be and cool, their other movies I, I still couldn't say that that would merit a good movie you know what i mean nah i feel like i'd it would be so epic you feel like it'd be you think feel all like that, it would be a good we can movie. get a emma stone is that her name yeah come back to be gwen be spider gwen yeah what a solid <laughs> movie this would be i don't know i would man. enjoy it every minute i don't think of I, it. I, I could i would enjoy it but i don't know like i said I tell don't me mcguire would be all old and wise and shit yeah i guess man be looking at <laughs> be looking at a good venom and be like oh shit oh man what's going on here <laughs> yeah don't I, let don't let to get that symbiote on you because you're gonna walk around and do a lot of goofy things and be real embarrassing yeah do you think you think they were planning this all along to separate yeah you think that's how they got jay jonah jameson back or um what's his face as jay jonah jameson um why can't i think of dude's name i don't know his name either i know what you're talking about though yeah um are you saying this is the plan to do like a spider-verse movie or this was their plan to separate mm, uh, maybe their plan to separate maybe that's why this ah, see i don't know man because I think we talked about this when we did the Far From Home review, but my thinking is that the way they left Spider-Man Far From Home, it very easily could open up the door for a Sinister Six movie, right? Because we have the Vulture. He's not dead. We also know that Scorpion is in jail with the Vulture, and he asked him specifically, do you know who that Spider-Man guy is? And the Vulture told him no. So now everybody knows. So we know Vulture's not dead. We know Scorpion's around. I mean, I guess Mysterio died. Who knows? It could have really been an illusion. Like, he might still be around. We don't know 100%. I mean, the computer proved that it wasn't, but still, like, weirder things have Movies been done. Movies can do anything they want. That's what I'm saying. Like, and I'm... I. I wouldn't put it past Sony to just quickly be like, yeah, no, we're just going to fucking, we're going to forget that happened. Like, 
<laughs> yeah, they proved it. Now nah, we'll just write something in the script that says it wasn't proven. They can bring in Venom, or rather, better yet, they could bring in Carnage, because we know Carnage was hinted at in the Venom movie. So instead of putting Venom <laughs> in the Sinister Six, they put Carnage in the Sinister Six, and then it, it'd still be confusing. It wouldn't it be that big like of a Venom stretch. was in a different universe. Though. Yeah, he was clearly. It doesn't make any fucking sense. But since when have Sony cared about that? Like they just see what frustrates me about this is like they just fucking see dollar signs, <laughs> right? Like I truly believe that that Marvel has been focused on putting out quality movies. I mean, they want to make money. Any business is in it to make money. Like that's what the fuck a business does. But you know, like you make money by putting out quality work and like Sony hasn't been focused on that. They've just been focused on putting out shit, not necessarily quality work. Yeah. They're just like, I mean, the Venom movie was shit. So it was shit. <clears throat> I'm like choking over here over nothing. I know, you I'm need some dying. water. Should Maybe we pause this. No, let's keep going. I'll just suffer through. <laughs> <laughs> just suffer through. Yeah. It's not gonna be that entertaining to just listen to you cough for the rest of the podcast for our listeners. No, I think I'm good now. You sure? Yeah. All right. Well, if it gets worse, we'll pause it. Go get you. Have a water break. We'll come back. <laughs> All right. So anyway. Yeah, I think it's stupid. I think they should just fucking deal with what they got to deal with. And I mean, to be fair, maybe maybe Marvel's being a little greedy on their part. 50% is a lot to fucking ask for, if that's what they actually asked for. You know what I mean? Like, they could just be like, hey. I mean, are they forking up any of, like, their production costs? Or is Sony paying for, like, I have no production? idea. I mean, I have no idea. So then I'd be, like, crazy greedy. I can see if Marvel is paying for some of it. I got to imagine that they are, though. Like, I don't. I couldn't think that, like, Tom Holland's deal has to be some kind of joint contract. You know what I mean? Like, it has to be some kind of weird split between, like, the MCU and fucking Sony. And then, if that's the case, well, if the whole original terms of the contract was that Sony Sony distributes and makes money off of the solo films and Marvel does the ensemble films... Does that now mean the whole contract is null and void? Or does Tom Holland still have a contract to do Avengers movies with the MCU? And then, but he has to do the solo Spider-Man movies with Sony. You know, like, then it just become real confusing. I mean, I thought this whole thing was like, now he can't be in the MCU. Like the Disney Marvel. I don't know. I thought that's what, like, this whole thing is. I have no idea. I guess... I guess they just rip him. Because they no longer have an agreement. So he's just out of it. Yeah, the character, right? So the character of Spider-Man, I guess. But then could Tom Holland still be in the movie? Like if he's just like, I'm not Spider-Man anymore or some shit like that? Like is he still contractually obligated? I doubt it. I don't know. That would be weird as hell. It would be weird. He also couldn't be Peter Parker. That's true. Just show up as Tom Holland. Like, yeah. <laughs> Hey, everybody, it's me, Tom Holland. I'm British. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think they should just fix it. I think they should just fucking... I feel like they will. They're going to figure it out. Keep moving forward. Yeah, they Because they're not going to be like, you know what? It's been working great. That stopped doing it. We just made a billion dollars. But you know what? Yeah. Like, just keep... Figure something out. Because, look, even if they just renegotiate and they were like, look, you could take 25%, right? Like, dude, the movie still made a billion dollars. Like, and they're... I don't even know if they're trying to be like, we want profits from that one. It's just like moving forward. Right. We want some some of that. And it's like, 
they already made two, so they probably only have one more solo film left to make. So it's like, yeah, you know, how much money are you really losing? I mean, that's the thing though. With Tom Holland being so young, they could probably make more. Oh, they definitely could. They could send him basically through Peter Parker's all the way up until like to the point where Miles Morales comes in and takes over. Yeah. Like they really could. Because Tom Holland in real life is like 20. You know what I mean? Like, and he, like, he still looks like he could be in high school. Like, I believed him being a senior in high school. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, I could definitely see him as a going throughout his college years or maybe just like two movies just like they did before, like, Two years in college, you know, and then fucking after that, like, yeah, you know, getting a real job, fucking dealing with living on his own, marrying MJ, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they could definitely keep it running for a while and he could continue to play this character. I guess only time's going to tell, man. I guess so, man. I don't know. Anyway. All right. So let's go ahead and move over to. Our main topic of the of the episode. So like we like I mentioned earlier, it's 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 a bit of a quiet time for superhero media, right? And none of the shows are really like airing. you gotta put this disclaimer on why we're having this topic. No, not really. We doing but I, just want busy. <laughs> I just want people to know. You know, there's no movies going on right now, none of the shows are really running, so we do still have the animated universe. A lot of people seem tend to forget that DC makes really great animated movies. Yeah. And we know that. Um, also, we want to start doing more episodes about actual comic books because that's kind of why we started this in the first place <laughs> is we wanted to talk about more comic books. So we want to start doing more episodes about the actual comic books for people who are interested, who want to read more, who don't want to just watch the movies they want to get more background knowledge about characters like spider-man and batman and all those guys so this week we are reviewing the animated feature batman hush which came out um on dvd at the beginning of august i think like august 2nd i want to say something like that yeah i don't know yeah i don't know it's but it just came out it's so now it's available everywhere. Like you can buy it digitally, you can buy it on Blu-ray. It's also now available on the DC Universe app if anybody subscribes to that. This isn't like a sponsorship. I wish the fuck it was, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> We're just letting you know where you can watch it. If you have a subscription to that app, you can watch it there. Whatever. Anyway, Batman Hush. So we we watched the movie. We read the comic book. We did all this very recently. It's real fresh on our minds. I told you earlier, I already forgot the movie. We watched it yesterday. I don't remember it. You remember What happened? It. You remember the movie. No idea. We watched the movie yesterday. We read the comic book today. Great comic book. Definitely recommend reading it. It's, it's widely held as one of, bat, uh, one of the best Batman stories. Uh, Batman Hush. That's what the comic book is called. It's a graphic novel. You can get it as a graphic novel. It's, it's a good story. So, where should we start with this? You want to talk about the movie first or the comic book first? You want to talk about them at the same that's, time? I think that's, I think we should do it parallel to each other. I think we do it at the same time. We can talk about differences that they had between the two and what we liked, what we disliked. Okay. Um, so I guess we'll just we'll just start from the beginning of both. So I'm going to say this right off the bat. So we watched the movie first and then we did we read the comic book second, right? Yeah. So just for our listeners can get this in their heads. So 
right off the bat, I was amazed in the movie how many of Batman's characters were in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it'd almost be easier to name who wasn't. You know what I mean? It, like had like all the big villains, right? Mm-hmm, like we didn't mm-hmm. have like Condiment King or shit like that, but like all the big <laughs> ones. That's true. Uh, we're all in it, and like um, I wasn't expecting that. Like I knew from watching like the previews, like I knew that like Harley Quinn was gonna be in it. Um, you knew Poison Ivy. I knew was Poison be in Ivy it. was gonna be. I know Superman was gonna be. I obviously knew Catwoman was gonna be in it. But right in the beginning, there's like Bane. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Bane's in here. And then like you briefly see Mister Freeze and the Penguin and um, Riddler and Clayface and Two Face. I mean, everybody. Yeah. Was in the movie, and I, you know, I like that. Yeah. Um, it's cool when they don't hold back in the characters and you can just see them all like interact with each other. And, and I also like the fact that, you know, all the villains know each other and like, hey, you know, see you in Arkham later. Like, you know what I mean? Like they all know each other because they all are in the same city trying to rule. And so I thought that was a very cool thing to see in this movie, which we haven't seen much so far in this like animated universe that we have going on because there's a lot of movies but we haven't seen a lot of batman's villains and that's that's crazy when you think because there are several batman movies yeah in this universe but like we haven't seen like most of the villains in it and this one just like had them all true true so uh, to add to your point anybody who's like sleeping on like these animated dc movies i mean and i say dc because marvel doesn't make a lot um and the ones they do make aren't really good. Like animation isn't really their thing. But DC, they don't really, really run with each other either. Yeah, like it's just one standalone story generally. True, but DC has been doing a really good job with like their animated movies. They've built a connected universe within their animated movies. So if you're sleeping on like the DC animated movies, if you're craving like more Batman, more Superman, some some other characters besides those two, some Flash, some Green Lantern. Like, you should really check out some of these animated movies because they are, in many, many ways, much better than the live-action movies. And, like, you get to see... You just get more out of it, right? And in these live-action movies, they're, they're so restricted sometimes. And, like, you know, we had Batman versus Superman where we got to see the two, and then we... We had like the Christopher Nolan Batman movies where you saw the Joker who, you know, Heath Ledger had a great performance. We saw Bane. We saw Scarecrow. We saw Two-Face. But it's not the same seeing these characters as in animated form. Right. You kind of get to see them more as how even Batman alone, you get to see how it's like, this is how Batman's supposed to be. Like this like real like great fighter and that's super agile and like you know jumping around and dodging bullets and all that which stuff. blows me away they every single time but they can't show that in live action yeah they, so like, they just can't yeah even so, superman you can see like oh my god superman's like insanely powerful and they show it so much better in animated form than they do in live yeah. action also the performances of voice acting batman batman are way better than the live action ones like We've had some pretty solid live-action Batman, but look. Their voice is always ridiculous. Hands down, Kevin Conroy is the best Batman we've had, and he's always in animation. And even some of the newer voiceover Batmans are great. Did you hear I know where you're going. Yes, I have heard it. And that is crazy to think about. So Kevin Conroy is going to be in the the, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths or whatever they're calling it in the CW Arrowverse. Crossover? Crossover. That's crazy. Oh, my God. 
I got so pumped. Yeah. Apparently, I don't know if he's gonna actually put on the costume, but he is. They supposed say to be he's supposed Batman. to be like old Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Which I'm perfectly fucking fine yeah. with that. Yeah. Like it's what we've been wanting forever. It's finally happening. Yeah, dude. I gotta catch up on my arrow. Yeah. So if anybody watched Batman the animated series or the Justice League cartoon growing up, that's Ke- the the person who voiced Batman or listen to Kevin us because we talk about it all the time. Yeah, we do. <laughs> that's Kevin Conroy. That is the voice of Batman that I hear in my head when I'm reading comic books. It's just yeah, he's he's the best man. He's a he's a legend. So yeah, get up on these animated DC movies. So they've built this universe. And this is in the series of this universe that they've created. So we see characters that we've seen in previous movies. Like we see Damian Wayne Robin. We see Nightwing. Uh, we see Nightwing. Uh, we see Batgirl. You know, we which see, is the first time we've seen her. I'm it is the sure. it's the s- second time because she she made a brief appearance at the end of Batman Bad Blood. Did she? Yeah, the one I where remember. I remember Batwoman in it. Correct. Batman was in it. And then at the very end, when Batman like accepted that she could be a part of the Bat family, and they were all on the rooftop, and they all went swinging off the roof, you see Batgirl come in at the end. Uh, yeah. It's good stuff. Just super subtle, so I didn't really... Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I think... So, so, as a whole, I think... So, clearly, this movie was trying to do two things at once. They were trying to tell the actual comic book story of Hush, but also they were trying to embed it in this universe that they've established so far. So there were parts of the story that were quite a bit different. There were some that were ripped straight out of the straight off the right. panels like of the comic book. And- yeah. The imagery was exactly the same. But a lot of it too was just like We've already established this universe. We don't want to make huge changes to it, but we do want to stay as true to the comic book as possible, which I think they did a pretty good job at doing, at maintaining, at like walking that line of like not straying too far away from the comic book, but still being like, yeah, we're going to make some changes. We're going to take some liberties and try to fit it into this universe because Batman Hush, the comic book, is very much kind of like a standalone story. Like, it is tied into the greater DC universe, I believe. Is it canon? I'm pretty sure it's canon. Yeah, but it's it's still a standalone story. Like, you could pick this story up and read it not having read any other DC comic book. Like, literally, yeah. if you wanted this to be the first comic book you've ever read, you could read it and not need to know anything going into it other than, the, like, general Batman knowledge that most people who would be listening to this would already know, right? They know yeah. who Batman is. They know who the Joker is, who James Harley Quinn is. Yeah, all that kind of common stuff that we've seen throughout these movies, live action or animated. It was definitely so. clear to me when I was reading it, though, that there were stories in between some of the other parts in the story. Like, these volumes clearly didn't quite go in a row. Did you catch on? Yeah, yeah. So... There is that. So, I mean, obviously, there's a greater story that you can read and we want it, but you could also just get the Hush storyline. Yeah, just the graphic novel. And, and it'll give it'll you all and the main story fine. that you need to know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, right off the bat, like, so. Should we do like a little sum up of the story? And maybe yeah, sum up both? Yeah, sum, that, sum okay. that bitch up. So, we'll sum up. The, I'll sum up the movie first from what I remember. Well, why don't you just so sum them ago. all up, sum them both up, and then we just break down the differences. I feel like there's some really 
big differences. Yeah, but the I mean the story is more or less the same. All right, here it goes. All right, we'll do it together. Okay. Okay. So the movie starts. How's the movie start? It starts with Bane in the movie, and it starts with Killer, Killer Croc, Croc in the, in the comic, comic book. book. So, so I knew that. Going in, I had read like the first, I don't know, maybe like 30 pages. So I already knew of some of the beginning differences, like the difference between they did Bane in the movie, Killer Croc in the comic book. Also, it was Huntress who saved Batman and in the comic, Catwoman. and it was Batwoman in the... But okay, so the beginning, either Bane or Killer Croc kidnaps a kid and is holding the kid for a ransom um which uh batman in both stories lines says it, it doesn't fit the villain right so the, he's basically saying that like this is not something killer cock would normally do and this is also something that bane wouldn't normally do so depending which way you're looking into it right. so obviously you know batman kind of comes both in both villains are acting out of the ordinary yeah batman comes and saves the day right he saves the kid uh, but the money's there for the ransom already, and Catwoman steals it. Uh, so Catwoman is like fleeing the scene, and then Batman's, you know, putting on chase, going after her, and and he's in pursuit, in pursuit. And of course, he's got the rope when he's swinging through the buildings. And in the movie, you see her shoot the line, and the comic book, the line just snaps. Huh. Right. Well, I, I didn't notice that, but yeah, sure. Yeah, you don't see Hush shoot anything. Yeah. Uh, either way, Batman falls like incredibly far and messes his whole freaking body up, and his head gets it cracks his skull, and um, yeah, like he really fucks himself. Like it's not like into a crime alley, a classic Batman move where he like hits the ground, which threw me at first about this. Like when I read the comic book and I saw it happen. Like he hit that pavement, and you know they, they um, they exaggerated by like showing cracks in the pavement. Like he legit put like a dent in right. the concrete. Um, he tried to catch himself in the comic book more than he did in the movie, though, because he like grabbed onto the side of the building when he was falling. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't like a classic Batman move where like he fucking falls from 30 stories and just pops back up. You know what I mean? Like, because we've seen that, like we, we just, uh, like we had justice league war on, which is in the same universe. And he like flies from who knows how high up and just like bounces off of a car, dents the entire roof of the car and bounces off and lands on his feet. Like, and he's like, Oh, like it's no big deal. But then in this, we just see him like, just destroy his body. Fractures his skull, breaks a bunch of bones. Like he's he's down for the count. Continue. So he gets saved by either Catwoman or Huntress, depending on what route you're going with the what media you're consuming. Correct. Um, while he's like bleeding out in crime alley, and then um, they get him back to the Batcave. Um, and they're trying to figure out what to do because it's beyond Alfred's like, you know, medical abilities to like fix them. So both storylines basically said that they're going to go and crash a uh, one of his cars and pretend like he was in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And they call his old childhood friend to come out who is a surgeon to like heal him. Yep. Does brain surgery. Yep. Um, Which is different. That's also a difference. From the movie and in the comic book, 
because in I believe I think it, I think in the movie he just like suggest like that person right in the comic book he, he has just code. seen him on TV he was already in town and he decides like yeah he uses Morse code because he can't speak because he has like a crazy concussion or whatever they flew him in the comic book did they, they flew which him in one from he, Metropolis one of them he was already there. So I think that's the movie. It's the movie. The movie, the movie he's, there. he's there. The comic book, he gets right. Flown he in just like suggested off the top of his head, but we find out why he did that later. But yeah, right. So what happened next? You take over. Uh, so next, so yeah, so Bruce Wayne has the surgery. It's successful. He he meets and up he with his old pal. He dies on the table. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Roll nah, credits. Successful surgery. Everything's all good. Um, of course, but he can't not be Batman for very long. So he Batman's back up. He hits the streets again. He's back in the streets. This is when he gets sent to Metropolis. Um, and we all know who lives in Metropolis. If you don't, uh, spoiler alert, it's Superman. He's in Metropolis. You jumped ahead. Did I? What did I skip? So next he goes to Arkham Asylum to see Bane and or Killer Croc. Correct. Yeah, that's true. Amanda Waller's there. Amanda Waller is little, there. Little hints to Suicide Squad going on Yeah, in on the there. movie. I like that in the movie. I did. I he did was too. Just like, yeah. I feel like you were supposed to assume squad. it in the comic book, but they didn't like outright yeah. say it. Also, they used a different Amanda Waller. Comic book, fat Amanda Waller. Skinny movie, one in the movie. Amanda Waller. Yeah. I like it better when she's fat. I guess it doesn't really make me any difference. I just like it when they use the same voice actor. Yes. They like use the too. same voice actor because she was fat Amanda Waller in the Justice League cartoon. And it was the same voice actor who did her in that cartoon that did her in this movie. So that worked. The more you know, do you know her name? No idea. <laughs> Not even a clue. Did you just recognize the voice? Yeah. All right. It's just like... I would recognize Kevin Conroy's voice before I knew who Kevin Conroy was. It's true. It's a yeah. fair point. I just recognize her voice. I should look it up, though. So, this character, depending who it is, escapes. Batman follows, runs into where Poison Ivy was. We were doing a horrible job of explaining this. We haven't even mentioned the whole Poison Ivy thing yet. Yeah, well, we're getting to it. But what happened? All right, so Poison Ivy... Is the one that got the money when Catwoman stole it earlier in my story. Right. Catwoman brought it to Poison Ivy. Finds out that Poison Ivy, which she's done she's done in the past, is controlling Catwoman. Normally she it don't affects she can only affect men, but for some reason she's a storyline, she can do women too. She can do women too. Um but she usually does it by kissing someone and then hush and then like her pheromones like fills yeah. that person and then she can control them. Like she can just, they just, they're very influential and she can just have them do what she wants. So yeah. Hush gets 50% of the money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So fast forward to what I was talking about. So Killer Croc yeah. or Bane escape. They go to where Poison Ivor was originally. Catwoman's there. Um, it turns into a big fight scene between Catwoman and Batman and this character. Obviously, Batman wins, but the assistance of Mandra Waller and the FBI or her agents, whatever you want to call them. Yep. Catwoman's pretty much like, I got information on where Ivy went next, but you have to work with me. Mm-hmm. 
Batman's Batman like, like not nah. for it. And then he's like, she's like, oh, I'm going to kiss you. And then he's like, all right, I'm for it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Convinced. So um, here, here to me is when the, the comic book starts to outshine the movie a bit. Right. So the, the movie is what, like an hour and it's a, I mean, it's a fairly lengthy movie for an animated one. It for is, an animated so. one. Yeah. It's like an hour and maybe I think it's an hour 20. Yeah. Hour 20 minutes, maybe. Um, so clearly with that, there's a lot of things that they had to cut out. But again, this is where having that book really kind of comes into play and gives you kind of like that extra bit of like content and information that like you don't get in the movie that that's really fulfilling and satisfying so i like how in the comic book so yeah so in the movie selena's like you know i got this information but if you want it like she approaches him with in both she approaches him with the kiss she's like if you want it like you you gotta give me something she goes to put her arms on him and he like stops her and she's like, come on, aren't you just a little bit curious? She kisses him. He re- resists at first. And then he leans in and he kisses her too. In the comic book, it's slightly different. I don't remember exactly how it played out though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I just remember it being different. Um, but in the movie, Bruce does this and then it's just kind of like, we're kind of just like, boom, we're into this whole like Batman Catwoman relationship. Right. You know, in the movie, too, they like um, they have like Bruce Wayne dating Selena Kyle. And, and Selena does not know that Bruce is Batman and that right. Batman is Bruce. But Bruce knows that she's both. Yeah. They're not so, really doing all that in the comic book. No, they're not. It's more so Bruce is fighting with with himself as to whether should he be doing this like is it the right choice but like you see him like there's there's quite a bit of like thought panels in in this comic book of just bruce wayne in his head um and a lot of that we see like like the next page after he kisses her we see him like going to metropolis trying to like focus on the mission at hand but he keeps thinking about the fact that like he kissed selena kyle and it's like you'll see a panel of him as bruce wayne doing something and then the next panel will be like the shot of them kissing again and he's like thinking about it and then it'll be another two panels and then it'll be like boom a shot of them again him thinking about them kissing and i thought that worked really well i was like this is like we didn't get this in the movie yeah they didn't have time like they just rushed right into the fact of like oh they kissed he accepted it they're good to go now like it's happening you know what i mean versus like in this like he really had to think about it he was really in his head about it like you got to see that side of him that they just didn't have time for in the movie so i appreciate but the movie kind of i feel like the movie outshined the comic book and the fact that they like really started dating you didn't really get that in the comic book but they were like that's true they were like a super like they really became a couple in the movie, and the comic book didn't really do that. Yeah, no, the comic book just made it seem like they were just working together. All right, so Metropolis, go. Yeah, so they're in Metropolis. They go to Metropolis. And again, in both the comic book and the movie, Batman and Superman, they know each other. They know their secret identities. They're best friends. They're good to go, right? So Right. <laughs> in the comic book, Batman owns the Daily Planet. He bought in it. In the movie, he jokes about it. In the movie, it. he jokes about buying it. Yeah, which I thought was a nice touch once I read it. I was yeah. like, ah, that was cool. Um, so he goes and he does his usual thing where he like flirts with Lois Lane, even though he knows her 
and Superman are together. But he just, I guess he just likes to fuck with him, I guess. Yeah, like, I guess it's, so. such, it's such a dick move. <laughs> he just goes and flirts with her for, like, no reason. Yeah. And she, like, flirts back. So it's just, like, and, like, Superman sitting right there. And it's, like, Clark Kent disguised looking all, like, weak and shy and... You see Bruce Wayne come in as like this fancy big shot billionaire or whatever. So that that's always fun to see that dynamic. Um, and um, yeah, he hears that Poison Ivy is in Metropolis. So he's there to like investigate and stuff like that. You know, classic Batman stuff, being the world's greatest, greatest detective and whatnot. And he goes to see them. He tries to get like some information he can from lois in the comic book he uses lois's computer to contact oracle which i felt like was a bit sloppy yeah it was a little weird i was like wait why would he you're telling me you're like, why is fucking he there? batman yeah. and you have no way to communicate with oracle other than just logging into some random computer he just said that he's like you know what i own this building why am i gonna go find another computer yeah. let me just walk in use any old one i'm like that's weird as fuck but okay why not um. Yeah, I mean a subtle difference in the comic book. Uh, Lois Lane and Superman are married, but they're not married in this universe in the movie yet. So they true. Are. Yeah, that's true. And in the m- movie universe, I'm not even sure if that she knows yet that Clark is Superman. No, she does. Does she? Okay. She, she finds out in the the Death of Superman movie. Got it. Got it. So I feel like after this point is where it really starts to. Each each Come one starts to really two veer off. Stories. Two very different stories. Yeah. Everything was the same until. Yeah, so we still get the Superman Batman fight, which is if you if you ever like just wanted to see how many times Superman and Batman ever fought, like this one is always on the list. It just it always comes up. It's a good fight. It's pretty epic. Batman's always prepared as usual. Did you like the comic book version or? the movie version better because i like the comic book version better you know i didn't feel like it differed all that much I, okay there so there's some more punches I yeah like, in the so comic but here's it wasn't. the difference and i i like the breakdown of the fight better in the comic book so batman tells alfred like in the movie he tells alfred like i'm going to metropolis get the jewelry ready right if you read the comic book, which at this point I hadn't read it, but I had heard of this fight before, you know that in the comic book, Batman uses a kryptonite ring to fight Superman because Poison Ivy puts Superman under her control because she gets kryptonite-based lipstick that she uses to kiss Superman and put him under her control or whatever. And then she brings him in and she's just like, kill both, both of them. both sides have explained how she did that. She didn't. Hush did it. Hush kissed Superman? No, no, no. Hush got the kryptonite right. lipstick or whatever. For one, I mean, we can question on Hush got how Hush got that, but that's how true. did Poison Ivy get close enough to Superman to kiss him? To per- oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Him under control. Yeah, that's a good point. To kiss him in the first place? That's, you're right. That is. A, I didn't think about that. I was like, how? Yeah. So we get there. Um... Catwoman meets up Poison Ivy in this building. Um, and again, if we break down every little difference between the two, we're going to do this all night. So we're going right. to start. We're going to start doing yeah, the, we're gonna start just do the bigger ones. Or the ones that we, I think are just cool enough to point yes. out. Like, I like the fact that in the movie, 
when Superman did his little entrance, he just kind of bust a hole in the wall. In the comic book, he literally ripped the ceiling off the building and just flipped it and was just like, yeah, I'm here. Don't touch her or I'll kill you. And she's like, kill him. And I was just like, fuck, that was way fucking cooler than what happened in the movie. And then Catwoman's like, you have a plan for this, right? And then the movie Batman's like, yeah, run. run. <laughs> and then this one, he like he goes into his head and he's like, I know him. Tommy always taught me. Oh, we didn't mention Tommy. Did we? Yeah, we mentioned Tommy. Tommy, who his friend, the surgeon, the who surgeon. used to always play this like strategical war game with, taught him from a young age that if you want to beat your opponent, you need to think like your opponent or something along. I don't know. The, I don't remember the exact quote, but it's something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, you got to think like your opponent. You got to think like your opponent. I feel so like it's crucial like, that we got to mention I, that throughout all these things that are happening, we're constantly kind of seeing this like back flashes of Bruce Wayne being a kid with Tommy um, and like them being like close friends and playing chess. Yeah, it was like, and then, like Bruce's Tommy's, first like, friend. Yeah. And then, like, Tommy's, like, parents being in a car crash. And then you see Bruce Wayne's parents die in the shoot, being shot. And there's just, like, all these flashbacks of their childhood and, like, such going on as the main story is going along. So, every so often, they they flashback. That's in the comic. They don't do that in the movie. They don't do that in in the the comic at all. They they barely address Tommy in the movie at all, other than the beginning. After that, he's kind of out of. And that, like I said, this is where it kind of drastically takes difference. But... The fight is similar between him and Superman. So in the movie, he tells Afro prepare the jewelry. So he takes, he has like kryptonite brass knuckles that are literally spiked on each knuckle that he uses to fight Superman with. But in the comic book, he just has one ring, just like almost like a green lantern ring, but it just has kryptonite on the end of it. And in in the comic book when he's he's fighting Superman and he's like punching him and he punches him like three times and he's just like if I punch him one more time like my whole hand is gonna fucking shatter like because even with the kryptonite ring like Superman is still that strong and Batman is like in his head and he's like I gotta keep him off balance like I gotta keep him focused like he's doing stuff like let me keep yelling at him to keep him unfocused like yeah just all these simple subtle tricks that he's like I have to basically do everything I can to not beat him because I he he says like I can't beat him I know I can't beat him I just have to contain him for a little bit like as best as I can or else I'm gonna die and he like knows this and he's just like fucking batman yeah he's just like pulling out all the stops in like this little fight and uh he ultimately wins the fight in both the movie and the comic book because he realizes he knows his enemy or i mean in this case he's his enemy but normally it's his friend right Frenemy. his frenemy he knows him and he knows that at the end of the day he's gonna always try to do what's right no matter what's going on so they kidnap one of the most important people in his life, which is Lois Lane, and pushes her off a fucking building. Which is insane. Insane. And then Superman snaps out of it so he can save her. Now, again, in the in the movie, Catwoman just pushes her because Batman's fighting him. And then she, like, uh, teases that she's going to, like, push her. And then Superman, like, forgets about it and just, like, grabs Batman and, like, chokes him up. 
and is about to like put him through a wall and then Catwoman's like, All right, well, yeah. This ain't working. Let's this ain't this. working. Let's just we gotta go to the extreme on this one. So she pushes her. But in the comic book, like Lois Lane is like fighting back and she like elbows Catwoman and loses her balance and just she falls. falls. Um so the response They're, after like, that, standing on like a flagpole or they some are, shit, which is though. so crazy. Which so, I got cats come bouncing all week we kind of things, but like Yeah. So the response from Superman after that is a bit different in the two. Yeah. Uh, in the movie, he's a bit more upset. He's like, why the fuck would you do that? Like, you could have killed her. It's like, Batman's like, no, I wouldn't have killed her because you're here. You're going to save her. We know who you are. You're Superman. I mean, he pretty much said that in the comic book. Too. He did say that in the comic book, too. But Superman wasn't as, like, upset in the comic book. He was like, okay, I'm still going to help you. We're still going to figure this out together. He was just like, he was more so like, how did Catwoman know to kidnap Lois Lane? Like, does she know who I am? And Batman's just like, no, she doesn't know who you are. I told her that you do anything to save the people you love and that the people you love work at the Daily Planet. So she had four options of people she could kidnap. And Catwoman basically told Batman, like, I'm going to go for the woman. And Batman's like, why? And she's like, "Ah, I know his type. I'm going to go for the woman. Trust me. It's got to be the woman. (laughs) And so she just kidnaps Lois Lane. So, and yeah, Superman is just like, okay, I guess. Well, you did what you had to do. And, um, should yeah. we go get Poison Ivy? Let's go get yeah, Poison Ivy. Yeah, you want to go ahead and take care of this? And then they fucking get crypto. And I was like, this yeah. is great. They didn't do that shit in the movie. Nah, they, they just got crypto to fucking basically track that bitch, just track her ass down. And, uh, she, he just popped up. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. And Batman even says, like, He's like, all the detective skills in the world sometimes don't mean anything when you compare it to, like, a super-powered dog, yeah. like, with a keen sense of smell. Like, nothing my detective skills can do when it comes to that. So, we see Crypto, the super dog, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so, go ahead. Keep going. All right. So, this is, where, uh, this is kind of where the story it's still similar, but this is like where things really begin to kind of change here, right? So, um, they go out to an opera, and by they I mean it's it's Bruce Wayne, it's Catwoman, it's Tommy, and in the comic book it's um, Leslie something. Leslie, which who is like the person that like helps orphans, like when and he helps like Bruce Wayne when there's young, and I'm. I'm Probably helped Tommy in this situation, too. Yep, yep. Just kind of cool to have in the comic book. They didn't do that in the movie, though. Who was in the movie? It was just some, like, random lady. It was right? just girls. It was just, like, dates. Yeah. Like, just, just random girls. Just some random girl. Yeah. But also in the movie, it was set up so that Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle were going on a date before Selena knew Bruce was Batman. They were just, like, right. going out on a date. And in this, they just happened to run into each other. Like, Bruce was going to the opera. And then Tommy invited Bruce to the opera, and he also invited the Leslie woman, and Leslie invited Selena. Yeah, Batman knew. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he knew. Of World's course he knew. Detective. Yeah, of course he knew. But they didn't go as a date, basically. So Harley Quinn's there to rob the place, which is supposed to be extremely out of character for her, and um, bashes like the main clown in the opera singing like in the head, and then he goes, she goes after. Bruce Wayne in the movie. She also goes after Tommy in the movie and tucks Tommy's like necklace, which is from his mother, and he's like very possessive of it. 
fight scenes happen. Catwoman like gets in her suit first, and she kind of gets her ass beat by Harley Quinn. A little bit. A little bit. Batman comes to save her and uh, goes out, runs you know outside, and outside Batman gets there. He hears a bang, and Tommy's dead. And the Joker just standing there with a gun. Yep. Now this scene in the comic, way more intense and way more way cooler intense. than it is in the movie. But both scenarios, Batman's like gonna kill the Joker. Yeah, he's like, like I'm um, going insane, fucking over you right yeah, now. Yeah, and just beats the crap out of him. Yeah. What's cool about the comic book is you like see what's going in his head, and you can see that he's like angry that like this is just one more friend that he like killed from him. But you also see like. Like, oh, he took um, Jason Todd from me. He took Barbara you know, Gordon's Barbara layer. Gordon, you know, made her paralyzed. And now she can never walk again. Took her being Batgirl away from her. He he went and killed James Gordon's wife. Yeah. Um, and you see, like, the flashes, all these things happen. What I thought was really cool is, like, when you see, like, Barbara Gordon getting shot, it looks like it's the same panels from, like, the Killing Joe comic book, which I was like, that is awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but you just see in this head, like, he's just like, I'm done. I'm killing him. Like, everybody will understand, like, why I did it. And, like, you know, this is almost, like, my fault because, like, yeah, he, I have, like, waited this long to, like, do, like, I've been just letting he him He says, like, Dick Grayson told him at one point that uh, the Batman, that joker basically exists because batman exists yes. because batman is Batman's supposed, good and he's the order and yeah, the and joker is the chaos, chaos to disrupt that order so they're they're destined to have like this never-ending battle with each other and yeah batman's just he's like ready to end he's it, just like, like no I'm, I'm done with this like again and the whole time you hear joker just yelling stop 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 and i'm innocent yeah he's the joker right so like it, it, he's getting hurt, but he's almost finding amusement in this pain, right? Yeah. Like in the movie, he's like laughing along as Batman just continues to just like beat the shit out of him, um, and he like even tries to tell him a joke, like in the middle of it, and uh, in the comic book, does he try to tell him a joke? No. Yeah, no. He's just like, stop! I'm innocent. Like I didn't yeah. do this. Like this wasn't me. Like. I know I've killed people. It's like the before. guns have blanks. Go look at them. Yeah, he's like, check my gun. They're just blanks. Like I didn't do this. Batman's just like, I don't fucking care. Also, in the comic book, even Catwoman tries to stop him. That didn't happen in the movie. Yeah, Catwoman tries to stop him first. She's just like, stop! I don't want to fight you. And he's like, Batman's like, why would why would I fight you? And she's like, because I'm I'm gonna have to stop you from doing something that you, you. would stop me from doing. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to let you do it either. So, like, you need to stop or else I'm going to have to stop down. you. Yeah, he just takes her out. He's just like, no, nah, I'm done. Like, oh, you got this. shot on that shoulder? Let me punch you right in that shoulder. Yeah, you just got just shot like, in. Poop. And, um, and then, yeah, and then in the and the fight's a lot longer in the comic book than it is in the movie. Yeah. And then in the movie, we just see James Gordon come up behind Batman and he's just like, stop, like. This isn't you. He's got his gun out. Yeah, he's like, like if you do this, I'm gonna have to take you down. Like, and I don't want to do that. So just stop. Like, don't let him ruin who you are. In the in the comic book, he straight up shoots him first. He's just yeah. like shoots him in the shoulder. He like grazes his arm, and he's just like, that's that was a warning shot, basically. Like, stop, or I will shoot you. 
Then he like shoots one of the scene too is that this happening like you could all the panels of what Batman's thinking and it's all like I can hit him here and this will kill him. I can hit him there and yeah, he's like breaking down all the ways he could just murder him. He's like I could crush his windpipe. I could like cave in his ribs so that they pierce his lungs so that blood fills him. He just gets real fucking dark. Yeah, super dark. He's like I could bash his skull into the ground enough so that. It becomes so fractured that brain just spills out. I'm just like, wow, dude. Jeez, <laughs> this is really you, huh? This is the real, this is the kind of thoughts you have. And yeah, basically Jim Gordon holds him like at point blank gunpoint and it's just like, stop. Because if you do this, like, I'm going to have to take you down for it. Like, I will take you down for it. And this isn't you. Like, and he, Batman even like wonders like Jim, like how can you, how can he took your daughter's legs and your wife from you and like, you don't want to see him dead? Like, you don't want me to do this? Like, how could you just forgive him for what he's done? And Jim Gordon's, you know, he's a classic Jim Gordon of just like, look, I don't forgive him. Like, but I don't want to see him ruin any more lives, especially not yours. So just fucking stop Batman. And he stops. So now he's got to bury his friend. Yep. Another funeral. Another Batman funeral. He has been a lot of funerals. Yeah. It's rough, man. In the comic book, um, he's like now with like Nightwing and they go after the Riddler and the Riddler's just like robbing a like armored truck and it's really not riddler like which is kind of the common thread of all the characters they're not actually no he this one is the only one that's like he says like no he's like this is something riddler would do mm. like he's smart enough to rob this truck or whatever like yeah he's like yeah i can see this this makes sense it's the only one so far that makes sense but he finds traces of the lazarus pit in the back of this truck. Now in the movie that none of this happens. We didn't see any of this in the movie. We basically see, we see Bruce Wayne and, um, reveal to Catwoman like who he is, that he's Bruce Wayne. We see like a montage of them, like fighting different criminals, like, uh, I keep, uh, sub zero, not sub zero, Mr. Freeze, uh, penguin, two face, Clayface, we just see like like you said like a montage of them like being like a real superhero team damian wayne's in the movie which he is not in the comic book because he doesn't exist yet and and when this he hadn't been written into existence i don't think when this comic came out so right they had jason and Todd. We, yeah we had jason todd and tim drake tim drake was the current oh, yeah, tim in the was, comic yeah. book and in the movie damian wayne was the current robin which i thought was hilarious when he called him on the bat phone and he's just like, so father, like I heard you're, uh, you're going out with this criminal. What's, yeah. what's this about? And he's like, well, make sure you use protection. And it's like, dude, you're like 10, relax. <laughs> <laughs> like what's wrong with you? And then he's like sitting there with, uh, with ACE in the background, which is the bat dog. Basically was he, was his name ACE in this movie? I have no idea. I feel like he called him something else, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it doesn't really matter. Feels like it should be Ace. It definitely should be Ace. But yeah, he had the bat dog in the background. It was great. I love that moment. Um, but yeah, none of that, none of that's in the comic book. Yeah. So, 
you want to just kind of speed through some of this? Yeah, let's just hit the big things, right? So the movie, like, that's just all right, that's just sum up the movie, and then we'll sum up the comic book how it's different and better. All right, go. So the all right, um, the big reveal is that Hush in the movie is the Riddler, and what happened is the Riddler had gotten a brain tumor that was non-curable. He went to see the Teddy doctor guy that he couldn't do shit for him. And so to save himself, he went to the Lazarus pit. And when he was in the Lazarus pit, it like strengthens your body, but also strengthens your mind. So it became to him super clear who Batman was put together. That was Bruce Wayne. And he didn't no longer want to be like a C list uh, villain. He wanted to be an A list. So he's like, now I'm going to get all these characters to help me like take down Batman. And I'm going to be the one that actually kills him. And he sets up, you know, all these different traps and, he gets the the scarecrow to set up a trap, and the scarecrow like fucks up Nightwing, which is a little disappointing on Nightwing's end. Like, come on, dude, it was just a scarecrow, but whatever. Yeah, no, it's like he was just completely unprepared for that, which is crazy to me. Right, you think he'd be prepared, but whatever. Yeah, uh, but the scarecrow kidnaps um, Catwoman. Meanwhile. Batman's like, WTF, I already called the Riddler. Let's go talk to him at Arkham Asylum. And he's talking to him and figures out that it's Clayface. There's a whole fight scene with Clayface. And the Joker's actually pretty funny. He's like, oh, you're cheating on me with this other guy. And that was a pretty great oh, scene. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, puts it together that it's, you know, the Riddler because when he went to see Teddy, he used the name of the person that created the first crossword, which was consistent with the comic book. Um, Tommy, you keep saying Teddy. Tommy, Tommy, Teddy, whatever. Yeah, the doctor, the doctor, Bruce's friend, the doctor. Um, the Riddler's like breaks down like how Batman's about to find him and how much time he's got left to kill Catwoman as Catwoman's like tied to like this like metal contractor that's gonna go in this grinder and kill her and yeah, Batman gets there and you know right in the nick of time saves the day. Yeah, and they have a pretty. A fairly intense fight, too. So this is what surprised me most in that movie. I mean, yeah, it was pretty shocking that that was the Riddler, un- Riddler under there, right? But a little disappointed, almost. Maybe. Like, right. But what was most shocking to me is that, like, they made him an actual combatant for Batman, which is never, ever the case. Like, the Riddler could never, like, fight with Batman. You know right. what I mean? Like, he could never go toe-to-toe. It's always, like, him. a brain thing, it, not yeah. a physical thing. Exactly. It's always more of a, a mental battle than it is a physical one because when it comes down to a physical battle, Batman just punches him in the face and then he's done usually. Like that's all it takes. But in this movie, like the Riddler, like his Riddler cane was like fucking just like a scythe basically and he was just like slicing up Batman and blocking punches and throwing kicks. He stabs Batman in the gut at one point and I'm just like, what? in the world like they so made him bigger the whole argument bulkier. was like he was still strong from the lazarus thing. right yeah he he got all his strength from that which i yeah i completely understand like i said it just it threw me you know right. like i was just surprised like because a i was like wow he's so much beefier than what he normally is and he's like bald and stuff like that so i'm like wow that's it's a question mark on his forehead yeah which was like a scar or something from when they i don't Did know brain surgery brain surgery which is how do you, what do you, what did, how did that go? Like, how was that conversation? Hey man, when you cut into my forehead, can you make it in the shape of a question mark? Like, I don't. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's so weird. So the big thing is like Riddler's about to fall into his death and the building's all exploding and shit and Batman's trying to save him and then Catwoman cuts the rope and it was pretty much like Batman felt like he could save him, but in reality he couldn't. He didn't have no. enough time to get out. Yeah, so Catwoman pretty much saved Batman's life. Yeah, then, she was just like, like fuck this, like kill him. He did all yeah, this fucked like, up shit. If somebody's like, gonna die, it's not gonna be you. And you're clearly risking your life to save this guy. In the pro, you're gonna die trying to save him, and I'm not gonna sit here and let that happen. So I'm just gonna let him die. I'm gonna take the choice away from you, right? And let him die, so that we can get out. Yeah, she's like, "Oh, you're never gonna change. I've been willing to change so much for you, and you're never going to." Yeah, because Batman's just like, "I could have saved him. Like he didn't have to die." She's like, "What do you mean he didn't have to die? Yes, he did have to die." And she's, he's like, "No." No one has to die. Like, if I have the chance to save someone, I'm going to try to save them. And she's, yeah, like you said, she's just like, fuck, you're never going to change, are you? Like, she's like, nah, I'm good. Peace. Yeah. This has been fun. It's been real. I'm out. Yeah. So their their relationship Roll effectively credits. comes to an end. Yeah. Craziness. Now, to the comic book. So without going into all the detail of all the in-between stuff, just to point out a couple big moments. There's a fight, a sword fight between him and Ra's al Ghul, which is pretty cool. Um, Talia al Ghul is running LexCorp. Correct. Talia al Ghul is running LexCorp. Lex in the movie. Lex Luthor is president. Thank you. Well, I Sorry. thought we were doing like a speed round we, I was trying to, but I was still trying to give some extra stuff. Jeez. In the movie, Batman has this scene where he like breaks into Lex Luthor's house in the middle of the night. And Lex Luthor is just kind of like not like too shaken by he's just kind of like oh yeah you're like waking me up at 3 a.m fuck dude like you could have woke somebody else up like like i know you're batman shit um which i like that you know i like how they're just at this point where it's like this isn't a surprise anymore you know what i mean like there's an alien that flies around this city fucking shooting laser beams out of his eyes like i can't be that surprised that there's a dude dressed up in a bat suit that's standing over my bed in the middle of the night it's just the world we live in at this point, you know what I mean? Also, they make reference to the fact that, like, in the last movie in this universe, like, Lex Luthor helped save the day. So he's right. like, he's like, I'm an honorary Justice League member now. Or, yeah, something like, not honorary, like a... Um, probationary? He, probationary Justice League member now, or something like that. And Batman even says it, like, yeah, you're, you're not fully in the justice league yet you're like a probationary member relax like you're not on the team completely um but yeah so that's not the case in the comic book like it's tali al ghul who he breaks in to see which super surprised me did that surprise you yes i was like and that's why i was like yeah there's so much more to like there's different different volumes and you got to read these other volumes to understand shit like why tali Ghul is a running running Lex lex corp yeah which was crazy. Which also, to me, I immediately was like, oh, so there's going to be some... There's obviously going to be some kind of like thing between her and Bruce and Selena, and she's going to notice. like She says to Bruce, like, hey, I, I, something's different about you, and I don't know if I like it. And clearly she's addressing the fact that like he's messing with Selena now, and she's he's yeah like the man of her dreams or whatever. Um, so that happened... Like I said, he has a sore fight with Ra's al Ghul, which he stabs him in the gut, which I was surprised by. But again, he was in that whole mentality of it's like, like, you got a Lazarus pit, all right. I got to think like my opponent, and I'm not going to stab him in a way that would kill him, but I'm going to stab him in a way where it's, you're going to require immediate, 
immediate medical attention. So make that shit happen. Um, so we get that. We get that turn. We get fucking. We get like three twists when it comes to the identity of Hush. Right. So first, we we see Hush as Two Face. Bum, bum, bum. Not just actually not even Two Face anymore. Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent, who has went to Tommy to have. So this dude's all types of surgeons. He's not just a brain surgeon. He does right. like every fucking kind of surgery. So Tom or uh, Two Face, who has went to Tommy, who had plastic surgery to get the other side of his face fixed. Who's now Harvey Dent? He says he's gotten rid of the fucking the 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 crazy side of himself. He's just Harvey. He wants to do the right thing again. We see him reveal and he gets himself the to Joker Commissioner out of Gordon. Prison. Yeah, he gets the Joker out of prison. That's who he revealed himself to the Joker. Right. But he had also been dressed up like Hush for a while. Um. So we see that, and then it's like, oh shit, is this the guy that's been Hush? No, it's not. Then we get the reveal that Hush is Jason Todd. We're like, holy fuck. Like, what? That's insane. Yeah, that's beyond insane. He mm, looks pretty cool, I yeah, guess. It does. I'm like, wait, so is this before Red Hood? Is this after Red Hood? Like, did he give up Red Hood? Like, what's going on here? Turns out Clayface. It's Clayface. It's not Jason. It's not Jason Todd. It's, it's just, just Clayface. another way to fuck with Batman. Yeah, it's just another way to mess with Batman's head. And that's that's a common theme in this entire story of like Hush is really just trying to mess with Batman's head. Like right. he's just trying to keep him off his game as much as possible, even to the point where Batman starts to question like everything that's going on, including his relationship with Selena Kyle, which we'll get back to. Um, it's Clayface. So then. Okay, it's not Clayface. So then we think we're going to meet another Hush. It turns out to be this dude named Harold, which was, I never knew about this guy. Did you ever know about this guy? So apparently there's this guy named Harold who was mute and he was, he had some kind of ailment where like he just couldn't stand up straight. He was like kind of weird looking, but he was just a genius when it came to like machinery and things like that. So not only Bruce Wayne gave him a job, but Batman gave him a job in the Batcave fixing his machinery. So like working on the Batmobile, fixing computers if they got broken. And like the whole time, like he trusted this guy, but also the dude was mute, so he couldn't speak anyway. Like so I guess Batman just believed that he wouldn't say anything about him, but so we see him in the hush uniform with everything but the bandages and Batman had deduced that it was this guy. And he's like, why would you betray me? Like I gave you so much. And he's just like, like Tommy gave me more. Basically. He's like, he went to Tommy offered me happiness. Yeah. Tommy was able to do something. So this dude could speak now. So this dude was basically working miracles. Right. But he gave him a voice he so he could the speak. surgeon. Yeah, he fucking fixed him upright so he could stand up straight. And he's just like, he just gave me happiness. And Bruce is like, look, I, I understand how that can be, how tempting like happiness can be, and how much people will do to achieve that. And then, bop, bop, he gets shot and killed right in front of Bruce. So another fucking funeral. Unbelievable at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So many funerals. Um, then we see another hush and that's the hush we thought was Jason Todd, but it was really Clayface, right? 
No. No, that was this after. Is, this is now the official, this is the real hush. This is the real hush, which we still didn't know for sure who it was. Right. But they made it really seem like it was Tommy Elliott. Yes. He was making references. He was literally quoting himself from when they were kids. He was wearing the the jade necklace that his mom gave him when they were kids. Bruce snatched it off of his neck. He told him, he's like, hey, I told you if you don't give back that back to me, I'm going to hurt you a lot or something like that, which is exactly what he says when they're kids. But we never see him take the bandages off his face. And then he... Two-Face shoots him. He falls into, like, the water. Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, shoots him. He falls into the water. We don't see him. But this is what's crazy, Bruce though. can't recover his body, so we don't ever know if that was really him. But I was the the motivation is what blew me away because I was like, this whole time I was reading this comic book, and I was like, at one point I was like, okay, it's, it's Tommy, but yeah. what's his motivation? Yeah. His motivation was he was trying to kill his parents as a kid, as a child to inherit all the money. Pretty much what happened to Bruce Wayne without the old trying to kill him. He didn't want it. Right. He wanted what Bruce Wayne was getting. Um, And Bruce Wayne's dad uh, was able to save his mom and he had to wait for his mom to die for years. Yeah. He was like. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at your dad because he saved my dad. I'm mad at him because he saved my mom. And we're like, what? And he's like, I wanted her to die. Like I, I cut planned the brake it. Lines. He cut the brake lines. And he specifically told them they should drive themselves and not have the driver drive them on like this rainy night. And yeah, like that. I did. I'm like, really? That's this your motivation? motivation? Like you just wanted money? With all this fucking brilliance you got, you could have just stole this money at this point. Like. I mean, he had the money at that point anyways because the mom had died. Yeah. He just had to wait a little while. It's crazy. So, it, it's a bit of a cliffhanger if it was actually him. I think you're supposed to, like, you're supposed to, like, to know it's him. Because the whole word of the thing at the end. Right. So, just so in the movie, it's revealed that we didn't have that kind of reveal in the movie. In the movie, like, we saw Tommy Elliott's body again. When Batman went to confront the Riddler, and it was, I liked how the Riddler in the movie was like telling Selena Kyle exactly step for step, like what Batman was doing. Yeah. He's like, so by this time, he would have figured out this, and then he would have pieced together this, and then he would have realized that where I'm at, there's like, I would bring you to an empty warehouse. And there's like 62 empty warehouses in this air, in this general vicinity. So he would have narrowed it down to 14 first. And then from that 14, he would have figured out that there was one that was an anagram for Arthur Wynn, which is the name, the fake name I used for when I did that. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. I like how yeah. he was like breaking that shit down. I'm like, how the fuck did, when did he get so smart? Um, but he threw one more wrench at him before he got there, which was when Batman walked in, he tripped a trap that dropped Tommy Elliott's body, dead body hanging from the ceiling right in front of Bruce to slow him down so that he could make sure that he had just the right amount of time to kill Catwoman before he got there. And I was just like, that's real fucked up. Yeah. That's real messed up. Um, but that didn't happen in the comic books. We Because it wasn't Riddler. Yeah, exactly. Um, so big reveal in the comic books for who Hush really is. Or who orchestrated the whole thing? It's Riddler again. Like, 
So we don't know if Riddler was the Riddler was actually Hush, the individual, but we know that it was him who set this whole plan into motion to basically just give Batman like the worst month ever. <laughs> like he's just like, I'm gonna make sure you have the worst day of your life. And this is how I'm gonna do it. And it's the same pretty much the same backstory. He he had this cancer. He went to Tommy Elliott to try to get it treated. He couldn't do anything about it, so he sought out the Lazarus pit, and uh, he pieced together who Batman was and that he was Bruce Wayne and, um, you know, all that other stuff, and he planned all those other things, and, yeah, he pretty much made that shit happen. So, yeah. so the less cool thing in the comic book, though, I feel like should be mentioned is the so the one guy the herald guy planted this device on the computer and all it did was send subliminal messages to batman yep and that's why he of all people wanted to get tommy to be his surgeon because he had to get getting images randomly when he was using this computer of him mm-hmm. so it was always on his mind i thought that was a real cool concept um batman doing a real fucking batman thing where he goes tommy operated on me he must have implanted something in my head. Can you? How else could he have found? Yeah, me? and then he tells Superman to use his X-ray vision to check, and Superman's like, "Yeah, it's something really small at the base of your skull, but I can see it." And Batman's like, "Burn it!" And he's like, "You, you know this is gonna hurt." He's like, "Just do it." And Superman like uses his heat vision to basically burn this thing out of Batman's head, and then he just puts his cow back on, like everything's all good. Yeah. And he's like, "All right, let's. Well, I gotta go now." Like what? Like, that's such a Batman thing to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy, man. Crazy. So, Catwoman and Batman are the end of the comic book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're about to kiss again. Batman's talking about all this baloney. She says, hush. Mm. That's a cool-ass thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. He's like, why would you say that? So, then he had this whole, like, I don't know if I can trust you thing. Yep. If any of this is real, was this just orchestrated by like this crazy master planning? Yeah. You were under poison Ivy's control when you originally kind of came to me or he thought, mm, yeah, he was just like, yeah, I don't, can I trust you? I don't know. And she's like, what? Yeah. Real credits. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And that was pretty much it. And then it was just like him standing over the grave of the, the Herald guy, and he's just like, man, maybe someday. So, yeah, comic book, way better than the movie. Yeah, comic book's really good. It's Give it a read. Good. We skipped a lot of details. Yeah, there's so it's much plenty more. Plenty of in surprises there. and twists and turns. And yep. You'll yep. really, you'll really, you know, you'll really enjoy both, but, you Definitely. know, read the comic. Would you suggest for someone to read the comic and then watch the movie, or watch the movie and then read the comic? I think the way we did it was better. I think, I think we might have been disappointed if, if we, we read, the comic, read first. the comic first. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. That's yeah. usually how it goes. Usually, people are disappointed when they read. Yeah, believe it or not, though, uh, Gotham by Gaslight. I like the movie better than I like the comic book. Did I read Gotham by Gaslight? I yeah, did we read both Gotham. Read it. Yeah, I did read Gotham by Gaslight. You're probably right. I feel like I did like the movie better. Yeah. But what about the we we agreed that we like the Killing Joke comic book better than the movie, right? Yes. 
Although, they, I mean, they, but they were was, very close. They were very, very close. Other than the like first, first 20, 30 minutes with the yeah. Batgirl stuff, it's almost like word for word the exact same. Yeah. So yeah, that was a that was different. But yeah, this one for sure. I'm definitely giving it to the comic book. So what is it? One, 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 one tie, one loss, one win in terms of comic versus movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm giving it to the comic book this time. Definitely. Read the comic book. Uh, if, I mean, if you don't want to watch the movie, don't watch the movie. Just read the comic book. But if you just want to watch the movie and not read the comic book, like it's still it's still a satisfying movie. Like you'll still yeah, enjoy it. If you like it. any of the other ones in yeah. that universe, you'll enjoy this one too. Yeah, you'll still enjoy it. Like you'll still and you don't need to have seen the other movies in this universe again to have to watch this movie. Right. Like you just kind of have to have that general knowledge of like Batman and who he is. We actually did watch it with with our friend uh, Sharif. He's been on the show before. Yeah. Um, he was very surprised by quite a few things in that movie. <laughs> yeah, he was out of touch with a lot of the yeah. current Batman stuff. He was like, "What? What is this? What's going on yeah. here?" I recommend watching with somebody like that because it makes it more entertaining. It does make it more entertaining because we were both sitting back like, "Yeah, okay, <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. see that coming, yep, know who that is." Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Like the stuff he was so like just thrilled about. We were just kind of like, oh yeah, no, that's that's the usual thing. That's that's, that's normal. Yeah, yeah, that's normal. That's what always. That's a real Batman thing to do, man. That's it's just Batman. That's what he does all the time. Yeah. And he's just like, whoa, what's going on here? This is crazy. So, uh, anything else? Anything yeah, else? I think that's it. Yeah. So yeah, watch. Recommend both. Yeah. Go both of them. Read and watch Batman. Yep. Hush. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, all right. Let them know where they can reach us. Shazam. Yeah, so they can reach us at Close Calls Pod. They can do it on our Gmail. They uh-huh. can do it on our Facebook. They yep. can do it on our Instagram. You know it. Uh, they can do it on our Twitter. Better believe it. Let us know if you've read Batman Hush. If you saw the movie, which one do you like better? Let us know if you just saw the movie and did read the comic book. What did you think about the movie? Or if you want to, let us know what the next Batman story should be that we read. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. I like recommendations. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, We're going to try to do more of these, like, comic book episodes. Just because, I mean, I don't know how many people are actually interested in it, but... (laughs) But we are. But we definitely are. And the truth is, this is what kind of got me into the idea of doing this whole podcast in the first place. It's just, you know... Like a lot of people, like I started to fall in love with these superhero movies, but I wanted to know more. You know, I wanted to know more about like what happened in the comic books. So like you'll watch the videos of like the Easter eggs and like them breaking stuff down. They'd be like, well, in the comics, this happened and in the comics, this happened and in the comics, this happened. And it's like, well, I want to fucking read the comics. Like I want to know what's going on. But sometimes that could be a hard transition. Like you might not have the time. You know, your commute may not allow you to read. Like, I drive to work every day, so I don't really, I can't read while I'm driving. Like, if you're on the train or something, that's different. But I can't read while I'm driving, so I got to rely on, like, listening. So, you know, I would just listen to videos um, of them breaking down the comic books or podcasts. So, maybe we could be that podcast that you listen to when you want to know more about a comic book or something like that. So, we're going to try to do more of these comic book episodes where we just... Strictly talk about the comic books, not a movie, not a TV show, just the books themselves. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Until next time, guys. 
Bye. Bye. Battering to the face.